Hi, morning church. I'm sure that, you know, some of us are, or maybe some of you are anxious about the coming days or the coming weeks. But I pray for the peace of God to fill your heart, to fill you. And the peace of God, the Bible says that, you know, is a peace that surpasses all understanding, will guard both our hearts and our minds. So I pray that, you know, that we, our focus will not be the peace that, that comes everything around us, but it's the peace that comes us within us first and foremost. You know, to be still in the midst of everything that's going on around us and, and not to pray for the stillness of the things around us, but in us first. So I pray that God's peace will fill you, your household, and I pray that even through this time, that we will learn to trust God even more and to turn to Him. Amen? So I, I believe that whatever it is, God is always in control. Don't be you know, affected by the uncertainties of life. Don't be affected by all the external things. But we need to always continue to set our eyes on Jesus because He's the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen? So may God's peace fill you right now wherever you are. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, last week, I mentioned that this year is going to be a year of dealing with the internals. So everybody said internal. Alright? And the thing is this, that a lot of the battles in our lives are not fought externally. Internal victories will always precede external conquests. So we need to learn to always be looking inside of us to allow God to deal with us because most of the time, you know, God is not dealing with just the external things of our lives, but He wants to deal with the internal things in our lives. The Bible teaches us to guard our hearts above all else. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 uh, tells us that. And also in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, to take captive of our thoughts. So internal issues and conflicts are often the stumbling block in you know to our lives, uh, to our life's progress. Amen. So we got to be able to find that 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 place. That, that, that peace or, 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 you know, the guarding of our hearts that's within and not just external, not just, you know, from without, but it must be from within and take captive of the thoughts. That feels as I believe that, that most of, of the people, even in, in this past few days with, with all the uncertainty in the news and, and everything, a lot of things goes through your mind. But we need to take captive of the thoughts we need to guard our hearts so that it will not be filled with worries, it will not be filled with anxieties, but to be able to have the peace of God in us. Amen? So somebody once said this, that you know the, the most difficult prisons in, in life are, are not made uh, with bricks and iron, but is what, you know, what imprisons us in our hearts and in our minds. So with this in mind that we are talking about you know, de dealing with the internals, in this next couple of weeks, I want to bring us through a few uh, sets of brothers in the Bible, and I call it the tales of two brothers, all right? The tales of two brothers. So this, these brothers, they, they, they have internal issues, conflicts that's, that's unresolved, and it led to very grave consequences in their lives. So I want to, uh, you know, take three example, alright, from the Bible. The two brothers, 
three sets of the two brothers in the Bible. Firstly, Cain and Abel. Secondly, Esau and Jacob. And then thirdly, the elder and the younger brother. So we, the elder brother and the younger brother, all right, in, in, in the New Testament. So we are going to go through this series, we go for, at least for these next three weeks, that we're going to talk about, you know, the, these three sets of brothers. The conflicts between these brothers stem from their unresolved internal issues. If we don't pay attention to what goes into our hearts, that's why the Bible says guard our hearts, and what feeds our minds to take captive of our thoughts, what comes out can be detrimental to our entire being. Just like these brothers who were born of the same flesh and blood, but they ended up being hostile toward each other. Great relationships can be wedged by unresolved internal issues. The problem with most of our lives is not merely just the external things. It has a lot to do with what is inside of us. Amen? All right. So, never let our internals get messed up because whatever it is, things that's messed up inside, you can never mask it. Eventually, it will find an outlet that will affect the external things in our lives. Remember, Cain, his issue was that when God favoured or God you know, accepted Abel's uh, offering, Cain's countenance fell and then later on he murdered his brother Abel. Esau, he cried bitterly and hated Jacob because the father gave the firstborn blessing to Jacob instead of him. And then the elder brother was filled with anger and he resented not just his younger brother but he resented his father as well. So what happens internally will be expressed externally when it is not dealt properly. So no matter how we try to mask it, some people, they try to mask it with ministry, they try to mask it with, 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 you know, with spiritual words. Or, but I tell you what, friends, if it's not dealt with, it will come out in our lives. Amen? So... We pray, I pray, as I, I said this, that this is going to be a year of the internals, dealing with the internals. I pray that one by one, the issues in our lives will be resolved, will be dealt with, so that we can be truly, you know, have, have a very healthy being inside and outside. Amen? So it, it will always start with the individual and not the other person. Am I right? So if when we have unresolved issues in our lives, we always tend to point finger at the other person. But I want to say this, it has, it is, this, it is, it has to start with us. Come on, turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, it must start with me. Amen. So in this part one, let's turn to Genesis chapter 4 and we're going to read from verse 1. Amen. We're going to look at Cain and Abel. You guys ready? You guys there? Okay. We, we're going to turn you know, to, to quite a number of uh, passages today. Is that okay? So that we, you know, we, we're going to learn something today. Yeah. 
Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. It says this, Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. Come on, everybody say very angry. And his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desires for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keepers? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. Alright, and so on and so on. Friends, Cain was the firstborn and then came Abel, his younger brother. Enmity does not happen overnight. Something had been brewing in Cain's life and he did not deal with it. But what happened was that the offering incident became that trigger point. Though the Bible did not mention much about their history, there are some things that we can learn from this. The issue with Cain escalated when they brought their offerings before the Lord as we have read just now. The Bible tells us that God respected Abel's offering but not Cain's offering. That became the trigger point for Cain and his anger led him to the very first murder in the Bible. But let's look at this. The Bible says that Abel was the keeper of the ship and Cain was the tiller of the ground. Firstly, there's nothing wrong with their occupation. God does not measure us by our occupations. The world says that the CEO is more important than the janitor, but to God, both lives are as precious to Him as the other. The manner we approach God is never about the status of what we do. Amen? Everyone's life is important and we need to realize that if we want to deal with the internals of our lives, we must see ourselves as precious to God. It's not about the other person because of what the person does, he is more precious to God than you are just because you might be doing some sort like a lesser work in your life compared to the other person. So don't allow comparison to come into your heart. Cain was a tiller of the ground 
Abel was the keeper of the sheep. No matter what it is, it's not that Abel had a more important work than Cain. Alright? Romans chapter 2 verse 11 says this, For God shows no partiality, no favoritism with Him. Not one person is more important than the other. So we need to really come to a place to settle in our hearts that the other person is not more important. Uh, I am not more important than the other person. The other person is not more important than I am. Because a lot of times we end up coming to a place where we feel that God you know, favors someone more than us and then we become angry and upset. Why in this time, that person is doing much better than, than I am? I gave the same, I, I, I gave, you know, I'm faithfully giving, I'm faithfully serving, but why that person has the blessing and I don't see my blessing? Friends, that is not the way. It's not, you know, what you do or what status that you carry. Everyone is, come on, tell, tell, the Arab, you know, tell someone that everyone's life is important. Okay. Tell the person, your life is important, my life is important. Amen? Hallelujah. So it is not about their occupation. Some people argue that because uh, Abel has, 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 has a, a more uh, a precious uh, offering you know, because of, of, of the things that he brought before God. It is not about that because, and this is the second thing, there was nothing wrong with the offerings. Grain and animal offering in the Old Testament were acceptable. Some say that the fat of the sheep is more precious than the grain, but I personally disagree with that. It was not that Abel brought offering and Cain did not bring his offering. Both of them brought their offerings. God shows no favoritism and definitely will not measure the value of our offerings. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 to 35 tells us, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears Him and does what is right is acceptable to Him. Remember the widow with the two mics? Compared to those that have given, you know, that out of their abundance, Jesus respected the widow's two mics. It's not because of the value of the two mics, but she did what was right. And that is the same issue here, that Abel did what was right. Remember, it was not the offering, it's not the value of the offerings. In Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. A more excellent sacrifice. It means that Abel offered more than what is required. This shows the kind of heart that Abel had in honoring God. Probably Cain just brought just enough. But Abel brought more than enough. Because if you want to honor someone, don't just do the minimal. You want to honor someone, you want to respect someone, don't just do what is minimal. Do well and above than what is required. It's definitely not 
you know, the value of the offering. It was not the types of the sacrifice that was the issue. It was not the offering that defined them. It was the attitude in the heart that differentiated the brothers. That's why Cain's countenance fell when God praised Abel's offering. This speaks a lot about what is in the person when others did better than him. As the firstborn, Cain ought to have a bigger heart to celebrate God's pleasure over his brother. And that is the issue when we have unresolved issues in our lives. We only think and focus on ourselves. And if anyone does better than us, we have issues with that. But the problem is not with other people doing better. In this case, we see it is Cain who, is the, who has the issue, not Abel. Amen? So instead, what happened was that Abel, his internal, or rather Cain, his internal attitude, that anger within him led to murder. God warned Cain in verse 7 that sin will always lie at the door when we, do, when we don't do well. If we are careless with guarding our hearts, sin will enter in. Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 to 22 equates the consequences of anger toward others to, to the consequences of murder. So even when you are angry with someone, you, you, you are liable. That anger will cause you to be liable to the same judgment as murder. And then later on, Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, it says this, murder begins in the heart. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. When God told Cain that if you don't do well, sin lies at your door. Instead of owning up, to his responsibility as the firstborn, his, to owning up of, of you know, his responsibility of, 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 of his duty, he turned against his brother because internally something messed up. The double portion, the firstborn being the firstborn, the double portion blessing was his. But he chose to have a small heart and allow anger and envy to fill his heart. Friends, this warns us that it can happen to us if we are not careful to watch what goes within or what happens within. Friends, what went wrong for Cain? I want to deal with unresolved anger in this message. As, as we go through these three sets of brothers, 
All these things are really internal things that happens within us. Firstly, yeah, in, 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 in these uh, uh, in, 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 in two brothers, it's about, the, his, you know, it's about Cain's unresolved anger. Anger will always find a way out. Anger cannot be hidden if we don't. Anger cannot be hidden if we don't resolve it in our lives. Yeah? So there are a few things that we can learn from, from, from you know, Cain, alright? And, and what ran wrong for Cain? What really caused the anger in his life? And, and it did not just happen overnight. I believe that in, in Cain's life, there are things that, that has been going on and because he didn't deal with it, the anger grew and grew and grew and that led to murder. Alright? Okay, you guys alright? Firstly, what went wrong with Cain is that his wrong motive filled his anger. He probably wanted gain for his sacrifice. Jude 11 tells us, Woe to them, they have taken the way of Cain, they have rushed for profit in Balaam's order. The Passion Translation said, How terrible it is for them, for they have followed in the steps of Cain. They have abandoned themselves to Balaam's error because the greedy pursuit of, of pretty, uh, greedy pursuit of financial gain. So Cain, he had this motive in him. He wanted to get something out of that sacrifice. Everyone may bring offerings and sacrifices, but that doesn't mean that God would have to respect and accept them. That is why there is something that's lingering in Cain's heart that caused his offering not to be accepted. Jesus tells us to lay down our anger towards someone before we bring the gift to the altar. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24. Let me be daring enough to say to you, if you are angry and you hold unresolved anger towards someone, your worship has no power, your worship has no meaning. That's so why it's very crucial and very important for us not to allow unresolved anger in our lives. And the wrong motives will keep on, you know, fueling this anger in our lives. And we think that by doing, uh, you know, something spiritual, yeah, we're going to gain something out of it. It will not happen. And then sometimes in our lives, we are wondering why, you know, we, we, we keep sowing and, and, and yet we don't see the, 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 the fruits of, of our sowing. But I want to ask every one of us to check our hearts again. And if we are not careful, we can come to a place where we become angry towards the person who is doing better than us because, you know, that person is reaping and we are not reaping. And when this faster, friends, is going gonna, gonna to destroy us. So secondly, what went wrong for Cain? Secondly, his feeling of entitlement fed his anger. 
being the firstborn to God's creation, Adam and Eve, they were made by God. But Cain was the firstborn that came, uh, Cain came, <laughs> all right, from, <laughs> yeah, from, from, he's the first baby that came in that way that Adam knew his wife. And he is the firstborn in this lineage, the firstborn of, to have the firstborn blessings of the entire human race. Probably he might have felt that he was entitled to his recognition. So everybody say recognition. When he brought the offering to God, the Bible says God respected, respected. It's a big word. Abel's offering, but not Cain's. He probably felt that, hey, I'm the firstborn. I'm at least entitled to some, to some recognition. But we got to understand it is God's sovereign choice to bless whom He wants to bless, to recognize whom He wants to recognize. God doesn't bless us with abilities and gifts so that we can feel or act privileged. Our part is always to serve. Cain, instead of serving his brother, he murdered his brother. Cain thought that he killed his competition, but in actual fact, as we have read just now, Cain, he killed his own calling. That's why he says this, the Bible says he was a tiller of the ground. He was able to bring the produce of the ground to God as the offering, as an offering to God. But it says in verse 12, when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. It's so sad. That his ability now will have diminished. His anointing has been diminished because of his feeling of entitlement. We have to be very careful not to follow after Cain's footstep. Don't ever think that we are, enti we are entitled to positions and recognitions. Entitlement does not lead us to our calling. It will not lead us to our destiny. Serving will get us there. So I want to encourage you. I always say this to our leaders. I always say this in church. In Harvest Gen, it's not about positions. It's not about your status. It's about serving people. It's about serving God. It's not about who and who. It's not about how long you have been in church. It's not about, you know, what position that, that you have. I, I pray that we will not be striving for all these things. But instead, that we will always serve God. Amen? So don't let entitlement fill our lives. Yeah? And it is definitely became a, 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 an issue with, with, with Cain. Thirdly, this is very important, Cain's anger caused him to refuse correction. Even when God corrected him, even when God corrected him, he refused to listen to God. Anger can cause people to think that they are always right and others are always wrong. It's not just that they think that they are always right, but they think that other people are always wrong. 
it shuts the door for correction. It shuts the door to doing the right things in life. You know how to soothe an angry person? If you want to soothe an angry person, you just agree with them. Agree with their anger and they'll be, it's almost instant. They'll be like, oh. That is why people with unresolved anger will always go around looking for supporters to validate their anger. But this is a roadmap to destruction. James chapter 1 verse 20 tells us, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Anger does not help you to live the way God wants you to live. So we have to be very careful to deal with the, unres- with the anger that's within us. I mean, I mean we, we are not like so super spiritual that we will not get angry. Am I right? But don't let it become unresolved anger in our lives. Yeah? Number four, the, the last point. You guys okay? It says this, his anger caused, Cain's anger caused him to avoid truth. Instead of reflecting on the truth of, on his own issues, you know, on, on the truth of his own issues, his shortcomings, Cain blamed his brother. He began to look, not just within, he began not to look within himself, but he looked outside of him and, and he blamed his brother. He sees that his failure to present a, an acceptable offering was because his brother presented a more acceptable offering. You know, this is what foolish, this is what anger can do to you. It makes you think foolishly that you don't see the truth anymore. His problem was like, you know, because my brother is, is, is instead of looking at his shortcomings, what he should be improving on, he is upset with his brother because his brother did better. Truth is that he is the problem. But he started to point finger at others. Friends, this can happen to us when unresolved anger in our lives are often the result of us blaming other people for our mistakes. I want to encourage you. We have always heard this in, 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 in law movies or court movies. You know, people are innocent until proven guilty. Am I right? That should be our attitude towards others. Innocent until proven guilty. But I want to go one step further. But to our own self, to our own self, guilty until proven innocent. What I'm trying to say is this, self-check, self-check, and self-check. Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 to verse 5 says, Why do you look at the insignificant speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice and acknowledge the egregious log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me get the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, you play actor, pretender. First get the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The Prussian translation says, why would you focus on the flaw in someone else's life and yet fail to notice the glaring flaws of your own? How could you say to your friend, let me show you where you are wrong? When you are guilty of even more. You are being hypocritical and hypercritical and a hypocrite. 
First acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them. Then you'll be acceptable of dealing with the blind spot of your friend. So this is the truth. A lot of times, we need to self-check, self-check and self-check. Don't focus on the other person, but focus on our own self. Owning up to our mistakes is the first step to our breakthroughs. When anger comes knocking at the door of our hearts, don't allow it to come in. Don't let it be a permanent resident in our lives. Don't let it be a citizen in our lives. Anger should be a stranger, a foreigner to us. If you harbour anger towards someone this morning, by all means deal with it. Don't let it, be, don't let it grow to become unresolved anger. Stop finding allies to feel your anger. Stop being allies to people who are angry with others. You know, when people come to me and complain because they are angry with some, someone else, I often tell them what they don't like to hear. Because I know that if you keep on going down that path, you will only destroy your life and also those that are around you. Unresolved anger only makes one person a prisoner and that person is you. It's not the other person. So learn to let go and set yourself free. I'm going to end the message soon. There was a nephew of a man who was very angry with his uncle. One day, he stormed out of the house because he could not stand his, his, his uncle anymore. And in his anger, he said to his uncle, I'm so angry with you, I will not even go to your funeral when you die. One day, this man, this young man, got saved in a church service and he wanted to make amends with his uncle. He felt so touched by the Spirit of God and he said, you know, I need to do something. I need to reach out to my uncle. But he was too embarrassed to face his uncle, so he wrote to his uncle, Uncle, I got saved in church today and I learned about forgiveness. Just to let you know, I said this before, even when you die, I will not be at your funeral. I have a change of heart. Now, I will be more than happy to be there for your funeral. Friends, repent and start living. You know, this young man, it's a joke, alright? Those of you didn't catch it, it was a joke. But the actual fact is this. Repent and start living. Don't let anger, unresolved anger, hold you prisoner. This is the thing about... This is one of the, the easier things that can creep into our lives. Because we can get angry with almost everything. We get angry the moment we wake up. We can get angry... You know, when the breakfast is not, you know, uh, right to our taste, we get angry when we get into the car driving, you know, on the road. We can get angry with people around us by, by what they say or what they, 
they we think that they have done to us and and it's very easy to feel to be angry but if we don't deal with it sooner or later this will end up becoming unresolved in our lives and then it will make us a prisoner to our own anger friends repent and start living jesus already made a way for you and i his peace is made available to us that peace is to fill us amen but it also gives us the ability to be at peace with other people we can't fill our internal with anger and peace at the same time maybe some of us need to really do something in fact i believe that any one of you have unresolved anger you got to be doing something about it don't let it fester because it will only destroy your life and those that's around you i pray as we talk about dealing with the internals come on let go of this unresolved anger in your life it may be a person it may be an issue most of the time it's always about a person maybe right now you're angry with someone you're angry with your spouse you're angry with you know someone in church you're angry with i don't know your someone you know in your workplace or you 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 yeah but don't let it be unresolved because it will only do you harm so i pray that this year all these things starting with anger right everybody say anger all right starting with anger let's deal with it you know sometimes we are so angry with with the other person we don't want to see that person's face it's not the right attitude don't end up like cain don't end up like cain at the end of the day he killed his very own flesh and blood his own brother so sad they can come to a place like that we may not in in our time right now and and murder someone but the bible says if if that anger is in us we already committed murder that is the standard that god requires of us being believers in christ so i pray that this year will be a year that you will resolve every anger that's within you towards any person and this year will be a year where you will not be angry with anyone i pray for that i pray for you i pray for myself amen so come on let's look to jesus i i i pray that you will give some thoughts to what i mentioned today but if this is not resolved if anger is not resolved in your life it will always be a foothold for the devil it will always be a seat for destruction in your life come on let's look to jesus hallelujah shundori dia babara bahane diana sidia nedia babara babara bahane dia masundori dia ndiana raba shundori dia babara bahane dia masibebe dia ndia babababababara hane Holy Spirit we look to you we pray this morning 
Lord, help us not to shy away from dealing with all, with every unresolved anger in our lives. And Lord, we don't want to mask it, thinking that if we bury it, it will just go away. It will not, oh God. Because unresolved anger is, are like seeds. Then when it's embedded in a soil, it will grow. And we don't want that to grow in our lives. So help us, Holy Spirit. Give us the strength, give us the wisdom, give us the desire, the intense desire. Lord, to resolve every anger that we have toward another person, toward people in our lives that we, you know, that we, we could not see eye to eye. Lord, it's not about the other person first, it's about ourselves. Lord, help us to remove the very big plank, that lock that's covering our eyes instead of focusing on the speck of dust in other people's lives. So Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, do the work that only You can in us. Lord, we pray that this year will be a year where, Lord, that we will not be angry Lord, with any person, we will not, Lord, let anger towards someone to creep into our lives. Lord, we pray, if there's been a history of, of unresolved anger, Lord, we pray this year, all this will be resolved in the mighty name of Jesus. So Lord, we are looking towards you, we are seeking you. We are seeking for you to help us through. So Lord, we thank you, help us to build strong internal life by firstly this morning to throw out every anger that we have we don't want the anger to turn to hatred and the hatred becomes resentment in our lives oh god so lord we pray be with us holy spirit in jesus name we pray amen 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 hallelujah so church before we go let me tell you it's not worth it to be angry it's not worth it to hold on to anger. But it's always worth it to have the peace of God. To have, to hold on to God's peace in your life. Amen. So God bless you. And I pray that God will continue to show us and to lead us. Just as much as He's dealing with you, He's also dealing with me. And this message is not just for you, but it's also for me. Self-check, self-check, self-check. So God bless you. Take care. May the peace of God fill your household. May the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.